I really believe it's the most overlooked marketing campaign that can be done today. And yes, it's old, but that's because if you're doing it the old way, Chad, when's the last time that you've signed up for a crappy webinar? Listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about how to create marketing and sales campaigns that drive results and why webinars are one of the most overlooked campaign mechanisms for B2B companies. To help us, we have with us Todd Earwood, CEO of MoneyPath. Todd, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Chad, thanks brother. I'm glad to be here. So before we jump in, let's start with a question, provide some value to our audience. When you look back over your career, was there a defining moment or an event that provided you insights that you continue to go back to today? And if so, what is it? And tell us what you learned. Yeah, I think the number one thing that I look back on my career is when I came out of grad school, I thought I wanted to work in healthcare and I went to work for, or rather I sought out the CEO of a billion dollar hospital company. And I called him for 43 straight days until he finally relented and gave me an interview. And after I got in there, that was, you know, a good learning in and of itself to make sure that you just keep being persistent, especially in sales. But the next thing was sometimes you have to try even when you're not ready. And so I got to be literally just circumstantially they had just fired one of their executives. I'm in an office bigger than my, the bedroom I'd stayed in in college. And they said, here, we just let this executive go. You can stay there and work in his office. And I got invited to the executive meeting. So here I am, young guy, didn't know what I was doing, not really speaking up in meetings. And then lo and behold, they started talking about marketing, which I'd studied and I cared about. And they always talked about their branding and they're doing billboards and commercials and I said, this is 1999, Chad. And I said, guys, like, I think you guys have cool branding. And like, I think you're on point with so much of these different things from my young perspective. But, you know, your website, pretty much the bad choice of words I used was your website sucks. <laughs> and this whole internet thing, I think is going to turn out to be something. So we might consider trying to do something with that. And luckily, Chad, that was the turning point for me, man. Like the CEO's super calm, even keel guy got a little frustrated with me and said, Todd, don't you come in this room with issues that you can't solve. Stop complaining and give us a solution. And I said, give me two weeks. I'll rebuild your public website and we'll go from there. And I kind of knew what I was doing with code and HTML and kinda. I didn't sleep for two weeks. I kind of, <laughs> right. I'd built some stuff before, but I had literally, it was a wild, wild west back then. And luckily, you know, he gave me a shot and I built the website in two weeks and they took it away from the internal PR marketing folks and gave it to a child and said, here, figure out the internet. <laughs> uh, I love it. The confidence, the confidence is what makes Yeah, it man. Fun. Sometimes that was the big turning point though. Like I was out of my league, circumstances presented an interesting opportunity and I inserted myself into something where I probably wasn't ready to do it. I know I wasn't really, but I'm really glad I did. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk about Money Path. How about a little bit of background on it for our audience and your role there? Sure. So I built Money Path for the last five and a half years. I'm the founder of it. 
I decided to start this business after building two, actually multiple, but the last two significant software companies that were investor backed. And after the last one, we had a failed sale to a publicly traded marketing platform you guys all know. And after I was making my tour, unfortunately telling investors like, hey, we had a good, not great exit. They started asking me and said, well, what are you going to do next? And I said, well, I'm going to go build a software company. And they said, no, man, like you're not that really great at software, but that crazy <laughs> sales and marketing stuff you did, like we have companies and spades that we've invested in that you should be helping. And although that was offensive to me, Chad, <laughs> Money Path was born out of my investors seeing something in me that I couldn't even really see, which was, I really am good at marketing to help sales. And that's what Money Path is now is we help clear the path to purchase. And so we look at that as all stages of the funnel. What are the marketing campaigns and the sales channels that you need to develop, be it direct or indirect? And then how do you build the systems that connect all those together? So it's really a consulting firm, but my background led me to this point. And I'm really glad, although I was reluctant at the time that I listened to an outside party. Uh, perfect. So let's jump into webinars. Now I'm going to be right up front. It's not the sexiest topic in the world from a sales no. and marketing standpoint. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a tad skeptical, but I'm going to go on the journey with you. We're going to, we're okay. going to do this together. I'm going to see, we're going to see if you get me over the fence, but help our audience understand why you feel this is such an underrated campaign asset. Yeah. I, I really believe it's the most overlooked marketing campaign that can be done today. And yes, it's old, but that's because if you're doing it the old way, Chad, when's the last time that you've signed up for a crappy webinar? <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably this week, right? Yeah. Or you signed up and you know it's going to be bad, so you skip it and just go to the replay so you can fast forward through it. <laughs> like that's yeah. what people are doing. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I found – webinars to be so fascinating because of a research project we did again coming out of software into you know professional services i started doing a research project where i told my team let's opt in to a cold as a cold lead on the website of the top 300 saas you know software as a service companies websites so whatever they're having an opt in to let's get in the funnel and let's see how they market to us and quickly, we, this research project grew way far out of Excel. And then we got into the database and realized, man, there's so many data points. I hired two data scientists to come in and help me. And out of that, we've, you know, we've gone through now 25,000 plus emails to see what that sequence was. And we had lots of, I mean, literally a million plus data points we've tracked. And one of the key data points we tracked was what's the content type? How do people follow up? What are they what what is the topic rather of the of the emails that people are sending to a brand new lead that's never been in the database before and number one as you can imagine was kind of the HubSpot model the you know content based you know here's my new blog post I had number two is webinar and that shook me because of the same reasons you said hey man this is old <laughs> I, I why why, is, why are these guys doing it and the reality is, as I dug further and further into it and analyzing thousands of these emails, like they're promoting a niche topic. Now they did a lot of things wrong because they're, you know, that was not the exercise was to judge the efficacy of their marketing. It was to judge <laughs> the what, what are they doing? Not the outcomes. Cause I can't tell obviously in their systems, what are the outcomes, but I can see what was their intent. And I started analyzing, well, what's, what's so special about webinars that go number two and, and what we figured out was 
they were targeting in a really smart way. They would do so many webinars because they have resources, right? And they were doing them on niche topics. Now their hooks were weak. Like the, the pull somebody in to get registrations was weak. But that really started me down the rabbit hole that is what I've done today. And now I've learned like you can, you can marry in the great sales segmentation that sales reps want through a webinar if you do it right. And you can get content replication on the back end when you get that MP4, which, you know, again, the basic folks today are just doing replays. We do far more than that. But that's the magic, man, is you do get the sales segmentation. Salespeople love to follow up with a lead of somebody that listened to the topic for 42 straight minutes, not downloaded an ebook. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it's a lot more engagement. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It's a lot more engagement. If you can, if you can hook somebody in and keep them there, right. Then, yep. then, I mean, 42 minutes, like when's the last time, I mean, I remember back in the day and this is going back. Well, you know, I used to have bosses that would say, look, if you can get an executive out for four hours to go golfing, go. I don't of course. Care. When are you going to get four hours? Today, right. We're lucky if we get 30 minutes to have somebody sit on a webinar for 42, 45, 50 minutes. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I don't know anything else that has that type of engagement level for that long. So I'm glad we can agree that it's higher engagement. <laughs> <laughs> if we're starting from a place of skepticism, I'm glad we can agree on engagement. I think the segmentation part is the man is the piece that people forget is the piece that they're missing. And what I mean by that is one of the things we're doing is we're doing polls on the front end of the content. We're like bookend polls on the front end of the content and at the end of your content. So typically the scenario of a, of a webinar, you know, content sequence is welcome. Here we are. I'm going to wait a few minutes till everybody gets started, blah, blah, blah. Right. Maybe you're the faker that says, I'm so glad we have 892 people. This is amazing. Right. Maybe you're that guy. I hope you're not because I think it's a terrible, terrible idea, but you may do a poll to get people started. That's great. It's a good way to get people engaged. But the thing that you're missing is if you want to get real segmentation is we ask people a question at the end of the webinar and it's one of two methods and it's the whole intent is to segment the audience to qualify and or check the temperature of the sales lead. And here's how we do it. One way is you ask of these top three, five, whatever it is, number of main points you had of these top three to five points, which one resonated most with you? So now as a sales rep, you A, can measure how long I paid attention. And if you're using one of the bigger web platform, webinar platforms, you can measure far more than that. But A, you can at least measure how long I was on the webinar. And B, you're also now gonna get tagged that you say point number two really resonated with me. So as a sales rep, I have a, something to talk to about when I reach, when I do my next follow-up piece, right? I say, hey, and they are willing to do this. We're seeing people respond over 60% of the time by answering that question, which one resonated most with you? And then the temperature check question is the other alternative, which is now that you've learned this information, what do you think your next action step should be? And so if they say something like, this has been interesting, I need to research more, Chad, that's not a hot lead. But if they say, I had no idea about this, I need to hand it off to, our, to a colleague, that's a decent lead. But if they say, I learned so much, I want to learn more, if they click that button, Chad as a sales rep, are, would you be willing to follow up with that lead? Oh, hell yeah. 
Right. So that's where if you do start thinking about segmentation in your content and in the engagement, suddenly the intent is I want high value, high intent leads, and I'm going to segment them. So when I know I hand it off to sales, we don't get into this bickering match about MQL, SQL, right? <laughs> we go, hey, look, man, the guy, all I know is this person stayed on this for 42 minutes. They clicked that they had this issue. And oh, by the way, when we invited them, we made the title of our webinar be pretty narrow. So we know where they have this problem. All right. So you got me on engagement and I get the segmentation, but let's be honest. We said that we started that most webinars suck. I mean, they literally, yes. they're horrible. They, and I do, I sign up for <laughs> probably, I, I want to guess on average three or four a month. Right. So maybe one a week. And, and I do not ever, in fact, I can't remember the last time I ever went to one that was live. That just does not happen. I do sure. exactly what you said. I'm going to fast forward through it. So how does it help as a medium, as, as a channel, how does it help align sales and marketing so that marketing is not producing crap? Yep. I, I think there's a couple things to think about. Number one, again, on the title I want you to start thinking about your personas that like another overlooked area of marketing that I think a lot of people don't talk about. And the sales side's a little bit different. We, a lot of times sales teams are going to have battle cards and they're going to think about how to sell against competitors. They're going to think about if this is what level of the, you know, the organization am I selling to, what's the messaging from the marketing side. Sometimes we don't spend enough time on developing those personas or customer avatars, but I want you to target number one, a niche and you're going to target them in your CRM with your list. Right. But more importantly, you're going to target them with the title. And so to get someone interested, Chad, to at minimum opt in to watch the replay, fine. I can get you past that. But <laughs> at a minimum, just to tease your interest, I would like to have a hook of a title that makes you interested and identifies something about you. So an example might be the top five mistakes. This is a real webinar we did top five mistakes security companies make when it comes to pre-hire screening. Now that's pretty, that's pretty focused. It's focused because our client serves only a handful of industries, security companies, one of them, and they don't even actually solve the, they're an applicant tracking system. They don't even actually solve the pre-hire process necessarily, but they do solve the, the screening process, but they do solve a lot of the, the areas before and after that. So what they want to do is educate that would be not, you know, educate, not sell around topics that are tangential to their core offering. And so now what they knew if they could target people on a topic that would a repel away, cause let's be honest, not all of our data. I don't know about yours, Chad, but not all of our data in our CRMs is clean and, and, and spotty, right? Like it's sometimes a little old. It's sometimes a little outdated and we don't really know with our tagging or our reports if exactly who you are when you start to reach scale. So this is a good way to pull people out and say, Oh, here are the security companies. And of those, guess what? These are the folks, even if they signed up for the watch the replay and not the live event, they care about this topic. So I think you can ferret out people to start to have, again, not just engagement and like paying attention, but interest around a topic that you now know that you can educate someone and you've narrowed them into a persona where the messaging to conversion later should be a lot easier. All right. So we get, so we get really narrow on our topic. Yep. 
We and it's got to be a catch. It's got to it's got to be a hook. There's got to be a hook. Got really got got to really hook me in, right? So yep. we get narrow on the topic. We get narrow on the on the hook. Content's got to be engaging. It, like it has to be good. I love the do a poll in the beginning, poll at the end for segmentation. Yep, I love it. So now let's say I don't know website was done five six months ago, and it's on a you know a marketer and industry I'm trying to get into. If I'm a sales professional, does that webinar recording become an asset for me to use? continually going on or does it have a shelf life? So it should at least have a minimum of 12 months, arguably more than 18 months shelf life. And it needs to be thought of and not just in a replay, because again, I've talked to the GoToWebinar folks. I was in their office a couple weeks ago and they've told me their stats were 20% of people who sign up for webinars are only like you, Chad. They're only signing up for the replay. <laughs> so like if you, marketers just need to take that into account and say, stop worrying about only the live event, right? Registrations and attendees are not the only metrics we care about. What we care about is creating a good hook, narrow content, segmented leads. And now we've got an MP4 likely has been exported out of the webinar system. And what we try to do here, Chad, is go way beyond just replay. Yes, you should do replays. A hundred percent, you should do replays. But what you really should do is say, what are the pieces of content now that I've got a video asset that I would have to pay tens of thousands of dollars to go get someone to create a 45 minute video for me and my <laughs> company, right? I mean, imagine, I mean, I've done this before if I'm speak somewhere and just paying someone just to film me, right? with multi-camera on get the PowerPoint and get me, that's not cheap. But now you're going to have that built in. You've created a video asset. Now you should be taking out sections of that content. And with our content formula, we set it up where it's dead simple to do this. And now I want to arm those sales reps with maybe Chad, you're the sales rep and you're, you're talking to somebody and it's near closing, but you can't get them over the edge. And it probably at that stage, you're trying to finalize what are those last objections that are stopping you or stopping the prospect from moving sure, forward. Yeah. Dude, once you find out those, I want you to have this library of content to pull off the shelf because salespeople want snippets. They don't want another sales slick that's 42 pages long, right? <laughs> they don't want a white paper. They don't want something silly from marketing. They don't think it's going to help because at this point, this is your world, man. You're at the bottom of the funnel, right? You want the deal closed, but what they do want is little snippets and to give somebody a three minute video segment and say, here, Mr. Prospect, Ms. Prospect, I was thinking about you and we, you, we've been discussing that maybe that document management is something that's going to be a hurdle for you. I think you'd find this interesting. We talked about this in our March 2017 webinar, but it still applies today. Boom. Like having those kind of video assets, not just PDFs you can send, not just another web page or blog post, that's something more meaningful that people are willing to engage with. So we're seeing people repurpose that webinar content in multiple ways. They'll transcribe it and make blog posts out of it. I've seen people now do highlight reels. Will they take like sports center where they're going to take <laughs> yeah. their webinar and go, yeah, we talked about this topic for 42 minutes, but people seem to really be engaged with these six points and they mix them and weave them into, now you got to have some video skills for that. But, there's lots of ways, man. If you could have video content, just think about all the different ways you can repurpose that into something amazing. Okay. All right. You're getting me there. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I'm on the fence. There's one more challenge though. And that's how do you get, you know, look, I'm a 
I was, I started in marketing. Then I joined the dark side of sales, you know, 16 <laughs> years ago. So I, I still have that kind of hybrid mentality where I look at everything as both a marketer and a salesperson. But there are marketers out there. Let's say uh, the younger ones, not to pick on a specific millennial demographic, but if we were to say the younger ones, they might feel like webinars are a bit outdated. So we've talked about what sales perspective is. That was mine. So how do you, how do you have a marketer over the fence? Yeah. I, ah, it's just outdated. hundred percent. So we've done this in workshop format, teaching these people our methods now, in addition to, you know, doing this, you know, done for you services for clients. And in the workshop, what we've learned by talking to people and those have only been marketers. So we've targeted just marketing leaders. And one of the major objections is, Todd, that's a lot of work, <laughs> right? I, I, A, am tired of arguing with sales about whether this is a qualified lead or not. And B, I, if I'm going to go spend my time, I think I have other shiny objects. Cause that's what, let's be honest, like marketing, because I still am on that dark side too, <laughs> is like, man, they get a ton of asks and they get a ton of tasks. So yeah. marketing gets, you know, they're going to have like, they're going to get messages from the executives saying, what about Snapchat? So like, you're going to have all these crazy asks. And here's the thing, unlike sales where it's number driven, let's look at your pipeline. What have you done for me lately? Cause it's very, you know, quantitative. I think this is something that marketers can use that is quantitative. It's not just, is that a pretty picture? Did the new website branding campaign work well? It's hard to quantify that sometimes. This is something marketers are going to like because if I can reduce the barrier of how much time it takes in the creation element, which I can, then I think you marketers start to look at this and say, yeah, I want to help sales. And if they'll accept these leads and they'll be excited about them and you can reduce my workload to get there, then that's something I'm interested in. So it's the quantitative aspect of a webinar that's far different and meaningful on the actual lead generation or the lead acceleration side than just the typical marketing campaign that you might be overlooking, you know, that you might be doing today. Well, that attribution is a big one, right? Attribution is huge. Cause when we see that, you know, marketing struggles with that, even with all the MarTech that's out there, attribution is still somewhat of a, you know, black magic at some point. So to be able to have this type of resource where it is that quantitative, I could see that being pretty significant value for the marketing team. Plus you've built a library of content that is, it's not evergreen, but it's, it's going to be a lot more valuable for a lot more time than, you know, that white paper where new regulatory changes have made it irrelevant or something, right? That's right. And it, again, if you can make it more narrow niche and you have a process like we have, they can churn these out faster and it's not that labor intensive. You'd be shocked how marketers react to this and go, oh, I don't have to work with a copywriter for this. I don't have to <laughs> have a designer. We all have PowerPoint templates ready to go in spades, you know, so that's not an objection. It's the, how do I produce this and create the landing pages and create the emails and create the follow-up emails. There's a lot of work there. And so we focused heavily on that, but we tried to take this more scientific approach to it than the art approach. Like this is more science than art. This is about the psychology of getting someone interested and about, again, narrowing your focus. And then the interesting thing you said about attribution is that same company that did the super narrow topic, they had us do one of them for them. They'd never done, they hadn't done a webinar in a couple of years, I should say. They've done them before, but it's been a while. 
again, not new technology. In 2018, they will have done eight webinars because they took our system and did it by themselves. And this year, when you think about attribution, what they like about webinars is it's another great touch point. So 52% of all of the people in their pipeline have watched a live or replay webinar. That doesn't even count how many people watch the segmented videos they passed out. So once you start to build the library, guess what? Salespeople are really creative. We get weird. When you give us a bunch of assets, we're going to go, I like what you did there, marketer, but I'm going to use it over here on a cold outreach to this people. So I think it's just another great asset. And marketers, again, they want, we all want the pat on the back right? We all want to say like what we're doing is making an impact on the business and webinars can be refactored and reused so many ways that we're seeing it. You know, the same company is a great example of how they're taking it now and half of their prospects are watching content. Perfect. All right. So now we got marketing convinced. I'm so I'm, I'm almost over the fence. <laughs> okay. Give it, give me, give me impact. Let's talk about, you talked about that customer that hadn't done webinars for a while and now they've done eight, but what kind of impact has it driven for the business? Yeah. Okay. So we'll stick with this example. I mean, I've done this in uh, 17 different industries, uh, both B2B and B2C, but this specific company is a great one because, you know, they've taken it and, and ran with it. And, and this is an awesome story about how they did a webinar for that security, for that security, super narrow, you know, pre-hire that, (laughs) that was a super interesting webinar because they were very skeptical like you, Chad. And I said, let's do the re-engagement campaign. Give me your cold leads. Just give me your cold leads. The ones, because I know you sales folks don't want to give up your hot leads. <laughs> you already got them. You don't need marketing to mess that up. But in all seriousness, they, they gave us this, they dipped into their little CRM bucket and they dipped out a bunch of leads and said, here's 4,000 people. And I said, great, I'm going to make this a private webinar. You can't publish it on social. You can't put it on your website. I'm going to promote them only on email and tell them that this is a private webinar. And so again, people want exclusive things, private webinar. And what happened at the end, they followed my content formula. We went through the whole thing, went to the polls at the end. We had someone respond who was cold, arguably dead lead. He'd been in the, he'd been in the CRM for four years and he'd put his little business card in the (laughs) fishbowl. At a, at a trade show, because we've all done that to yeah. win the iPad. So he put his, and, and they had had two different sales reps follow up with this person. They had tried all their marketing techniques. They put him on the email newsletter, although he never opted in. They'd done all these things to target him. And he replied after the webinar and said, guys, this is great. I'm going to introduce you to Mary on our team who heads up this initiative. I want Mary, can you please follow up with these folks? Question for you guys though. I've never heard of you. Where have you been? <laughs> this is fascinating. I really liked your content, but I've never heard of you. And the, the internal team was freaking out. This guy is, was, ended up being a six-figure deal, came from a webinar. They knew who he was because he was a top five prospect in the industry they serve. Wow. He had no idea who they were, but they'd sent every marketing message they could to him. They'd mailed him direct mail. They'd had two sales reps follow up with him nothing. He'd said, I don't even know who you are, but he got in on that narrow topic. So that's just one example where, again, if you think about half of their leads have now impacted this, they've taken this formula and recreated eight webinars to use in lots of different ways. It can impact the business in a great way. And I'll throw out one more example. It's a company B2B 
They're selling data analytics, if you can believe this, Chad, <laughs> to college football teams. Whoa. So, yeah. And guess what? They had no list. And so they're like, this is awesome. We love the webinar content. This sounds so cool, Todd. Let's do it. And I was like, great. What's your list look like? We don't have one. <laughs> I go, well, okay. Well, we've never, we're just now going into the college market. We've been in the NFL. And I said, okay. So I did that dirty little trick that all marketers do. We found somehow, knock on wood, this list <laughs> appeared and it showed up. Cold as cold could be because these people literally have never, they've never had a product for the market. And there's, and they said, Oh, by the way, Todd, you can't target all of the colleges. You can only target power five schools. Oh. I was like, okay. So, and Oh, by the way, Todd, uh, the head coaches aren't interested. It's either offensive coordinator or they have someone with analytics on their team and their title. Okay. So now we got down to 128 people. <laughs> now here's the fascinating thing. Guess how many people of 128 Chad showed up for the webinar? Well, let's say 20% maybe one. Oh, <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay. And they're looking at me like, I was like, Hey, listen, number one, this is cold as cold can be. And they don't know who you are because you're just entering the market, but here's the catch. The 20% of them are the chads, right? Oh yeah. I then didn't just follow. Cause number one, I couldn't email the people that registered and didn't attend. Cause we had one. What we did do is we emailed all the coaches again, the full list and said, you were probably busy. We had a great time presenting this content to one person. And we'd like <laughs> to share it with you. Here's the replay. We're only going to let it sit out there for two days because I know you sign up for these things you don't mean to. But go ahead and take a look at it. And then two of the Power Five schools that you both know that I can't name not only signed up to watch the replay and watched it, immediately signed up for a demo because we put them on a different drip. So again, marketers and salespeople, you need to invite the full list again, even if they never registered and say, it's a replay, it's there for you. There's ad scarcity for a limited time to put it up there, but send that to the full list. And if they watch that, start treating them like a live attendee, and then you're gonna see more outcomes. All right. You got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> you, those examples, so those examples are, are amazing. Nicely. Like you, these are fun things. We're like, man, if you've got a big list or you've got no list, right? I know it's not new technology. It's not. But when you can marry the quantitative marketing elements with segmentation and sales leads, and you've got 65 ways to Sunday to make this content into some value, it's actually a great project to take on. All right. You got me. I'm a, I'm a convert. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. First is simply as a revenue executive, that means you're a prospect for other people. So help. I always like to ask, help our audience understand if you don't have a relationship with somebody and there's no referral in, how does somebody effectively capture your attention and convince you, build the credibility so that you'll spend 15 minutes with them? Well, I'll tell you, I think we could all identify what not to do. I had two or three people today that said something ridiculous <laughs> about the holiday and like whatever, but here's what you can do. Some guy recently got me on this. He, he, and I think this is a method we've used a, a variation of this before. And it's a good formula. And the formula is first admit that it's cold. Second, do your research and say, Chad, I apologize. This is a cold email. And this is what this guy did to me. I'll just say what he did to me. Hey Todd, I'm sorry. This is a cold email. I actually did do the research on you. I know that you're A, B, and C. 
and he was right because sometimes these are just male merge yeah. fields that they're faking, right? He was right. You're A, B, and C, and I'm reaching out. I tried to find connections that we have that are mutual, but I couldn't find any. So I wanted to reach out because if you're A, B, and C, I do this thing, and if you're interested in chat with me, I'd love 15 minutes of your time. I replied back because I also like the sales side so much. And I said, hey, man, first of all, great cold email. I appreciate those because marketers, I believe, are very accepting of, of marketing being marketed to. And I think salespeople, have, if you've done it before, you should very much appreciate those right who are trying to sell to you. So I hit him back. I was like, look, man, that was a great email. I love that you said this. If you can do that one thing, we should talk. That 15 minutes, uh, he asked for uh, probably 15 minutes, I think. I gave him 45. And I ended up talking to him about like, look, like, what did you do? And he walked me through like, no, man, like I, I genuinely tried to look you up. I couldn't, I couldn't find a mutual connection. I really wish we did, but I knew I could help you. And that, I think, when you come in cold and you admit you're cold and you try and you do the research, that's more of the account-based marketing model. I think you can do amazing things on the sales side to get somebody's attention. Excellent. I love it. I'm going to use that one too. So I don't know whoever, I don't know whoever did that on you, but I'm going to, I'm going to steal it. Just let them know. Steal it, dude. It was, <laughs> I told him, I was like, look, man, it's, it's super clever. Like I don't want to respond to cold emails. I just do not. But that was really well written. I had to give him not only props for trying it that way, but he had done the research. Nice. All right. So last question, we call it the acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales, marketing, uh, or professional services people, one piece of advice that if they listened, you believe would help them crush their targets, what would it be and why? Number one is stop treating everyone the same. I understand you have a sales playbook. You should. I do. But you've got to start figuring out how to map them to their individual needs. The more narrow, much like the, what I've told you today about the webinar topic, the more narrow you can go with somebody. Like, yes, we all don't want to be the first sucker that buys something. So yes, you should be <laughs> saying like, hey, do you know Chad? Like, Chad's great and Chad's a lot like you. He had this problem. Like, I, I, I love the feel, felt, found model and all that stuff. I do. But I think you got to start thinking about I think the world's shifting towards this ABM model where we start to treat people more individualistically. And if you follow that model, I think you'll crush your goal because you, A, yes, should reference all your great accounts, but people are buying because you're solving their problem and they want to hear about how you are arguably having something unique to them, even though it may apply to many. We all think we're special. And we want to feel special. So target <laughs> that solution to their, their problem and make them realize that their individual problem is solved by you. But it's for them. It's not for everybody in the industry. People will buy when it solves their individual problem. Perfect. Todd, if a listener's interested in talking more today about the topics we touched on, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, you should check out um, WebinarWorks. We're all over social, but webinarworks.co.co, webinarworks, plural, .co. And I've got a page there for your listeners, Chad, at B2B Rev, R-E-V. If you go check that out, man, you, I've got free resources there about how to build webinars, about what are the top mistakes that we didn't get to touch on today. And I, and I, I would love, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, reach out to me. I love sales and marketing, man. So this has been a fun topic. Uh, Todd, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It's been great having you on the show. 
Thanks, Chad. All right, everyone that does it for this episode, check us out at b2brevexec.com. You know the drill. Share the, with that friend, uh, share the episode with friends, family, and coworkers. If you like what you hear, drop us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.